I'm Lindsay Wilson, and this is Business of Glam, the podcast where we discuss business, beauty, building your best life, and everything in between. On this episode of Business of Glam, we talk with Jessica Seidner, founder of Night Out with the Girls, to discuss her passion for early detection, how her business has evolved, and how to find inspiration even when facing the most difficult of times. We hope that you find this episode as educational and beneficial in being your own advocate in not only your health, but in all areas of life. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here. So tell everybody who you are and a little bit about yourself. Who am I and what the heck am I doing? (laughs) So um, I'm Jessica Seidner and I am the founder of Night Out with the Girls and the Breast Education. And so obviously Night Out with the Girls, the girls refer to the breasts and the main program that we have for everyone. So that's what I always want to stress. You know, if you have breast tissue, we're for you. The main program is called the Breast Education. So I am a breast cancer survivor. I consider it miraculous that I even found my breast cancer doing, I would say, a self-breast exam light, aka I had no idea what I was doing. Breast cancer wasn't on my radar. Um, It wasn't a family history thing. I was under the age of 40 considerably. I'll say about 37. (laughs) Mammograms were like, that's what's going to happen in the future. But I just thought, gosh, I better see if there's anything going on here. And I, I just just felt around and I felt a lump and it was cancer and it really just inspired me to get people talking and learning about how to detect breast cancer early because I think so many people are just are they're afraid they don't know what to do when to do it how to do it they over process it and from my experience it needs to be talked about in, in an environment that you know let's just be real for us women it usually involves a paper gown yeah legs getting into a stirrup and you can have the best healthcare provider ever but at the end of the day like when you're wearing a paper gown, you won't want to have a chit chat or an educational experience about how to do a breast self exam. So that's mm-hmm. why I created Night Out with the Girls in the Breast Education. I wanted to create a space that was comfortable, that really allowed for conversation and connection about breast cancer, which is a super hard topic. And it is a topic that needs to be talked about and tackled. So that's a little bit about my background. So I love talking about early breast cancer detection all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because I do think it's so true and it's not something that you talk about with your girlfriend or even really your healthcare provider unless it is something that's like in your family history or something that's kind of on your radar because of somebody that's gone through it. Absolutely. I think normalizing the conversation, and I do believe, in fact, with the breast education and Night Out with the Girls, we always say, you know, we can have fun talking about this hard topic. In fact, that's one of our goals because we want to make the experience, like I said, fun and comfortable because we know that it is a hard topic to talk about, but it has to be talked about. And also making sure people don't feel guilt written Mm -hmm. because of what they have and have not done with regard to their breasts or any part of their body. Right. Right. I feel like sometimes I feel like the priest of early breast cancer detection. Like I will see (laughs) someone and the first thing they say is, I've got to confess to you, I am late on scheduling my mammogram. And I'm like, 
Right. It's all good. Or I'm, Just get I'm it done. not doing my self-exams. Not doing or, my self-exams where I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I want to turn that in, that confession into, gosh, into conversation. Yeah, I've put off doing X, Y, and Z, but now I'm ready. I feel inspired. I feel encouraged. And I don't feel alone in the process. And I think it's one of those things like it's never too late to start. Never it's too like, late. It's like, okay, fine. You haven't done it for the last five years or whatever. Like now, now's the time. Now is the time. And I always say, you know, we're in Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which I love and I'm super grateful for, but no amount of pink that you are wearing. You can put on the pink wigs, the tutus, the the ribbon, all of it, which is great because I think it's important to bring awareness, but no amount of pink is going to take the place of taking that action. Yeah. And that action being doing breast self exams, staying up to speed on your mammograms, paying attention, looking at your breasts. I mean, literally, you can stand there like Wonder Woman pose, looking, feeling, figuring out what's normal. And then if there's something that is suspicious or makes, you know, a little little flag fly in your gut, we all know what that is. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that feels, uh, that doesn't feel quite right. Then taking that next step and taking action to contact your healthcare provider. And I'll even say take it a step further. And when you make that appointment, keep it. I mean, I don't know about all of you. It could be the dentist. It could be breast related. It could be OBGYN, any medical appointment. I'm like, I'm going to cancel it. I want to, I've got too many other things to do. hundred percent. I mean, unless it's at the plastic surgery yeah. office, I, those yeah. appointments, I'm like, I Let's have a go. Botox appointment <laughs> at 10 a.m. But otherwise you're right. right. You're like, oh, I should just put it off until right. next week. I'm right. busy today. I don't want to go get my teeth cleaned. I don't want to go for the mammogram. Exactly. And that's human nature. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that. You know, and I'm the founder and CEO of this business all about early detection, and I struggle with it. Sometimes I'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't, I really should reschedule that mammogram appointment because I have too much business work to do. And let's just think about that for a minute. Yeah. I mean... But that's ironic, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I'm just sharing that because I'm human too. And yeah. I get scared. And the best thing is to own that. Own that fear. Own own the concern, the questions, the apprehension. And, um, you know, surround yourself with people we like to call your, your breast buddies. You know, who are your, who are your go-to people? The people who are going to give you um, nice, as we call, like little love nudges to take action. But they're going to hold you accountable. It could be your partner, it could be a business colleague, it could be a friend, a family member, but we're all about the breast buddies and bringing it out into the open. Some bosom buddies. Bosom buddies. Yes, absolutely. How, like, how did you even think about doing a self-exam? Well, you know, like, I mean, I just turned 40 (laughs) and I'm like, I don't do near enough self-exams. See, confessional time. I love it. And and I am going to release you of your, it is okay. We have a lot of grace, no guilt. I mean, I just, but, but when people confess to me, what that says is, A, they don't realize that everyone else feels behind on that stuff too. Right. And B, they are harboring a lot of guilt and shame 
an embarrassment on the inside. And those things can actually prevent us from taking action, mm-hmm. really. Um, but how did I start it? So my story is a little, a little different, a little unique. I think, you know, how did I start the breast self-exam? It all goes back to here in Denver. We've got um, Nine News. They used to do, I think, a thing called Buddy Check Nine where they would get on yeah. and they'd be like, remember to do your breast self-exam the ninth of every month and the ninth of every month. For years, I ignored them. Right. Like, I don't have time. Yeah. That's nice, you news yeah. people. Great idea. Don't right. have time. And I just ignored them. Um, this one specific day, it was on, and I paid attention. And the reason that I paid attention was because um, my husband, my late husband, who had passed away about six months prior, his name was Tyler, um, unfortunately passed away of suicide. And so I really, I mean, this is the truth. I thought, no one has been up in my business because of course, apparently I was depending on him to do a breast self exam for me. I mean, like how, there's so much wrong right. with that. <laughs> I'm gonna say, there's so much wrong with that. But, um, you know, no one's been up in my business because in my head, if there was ever something that was odd, he would tell me. Right. So no one's been up Somebody there. Somebody would feel it. Yeah, I might as well do something to see if there's anything going on. I, I did not know what I was doing. I literally just kind of felt myself in the shower and I found a lump right away. And I knew at that point, I just was like, this does not feel right. Mm -hmm. And I went with my gut and we really, that's one of the things we focus on with the breast education is we have a whole segment about going with your gut, paying attention to your gut. We all have really strong intuition and we know when things are not right. And my gut said something isn't right took action, called the healthcare provider, and then was diagnosed, um, you know, a a few weeks later. It's amazing that you, like, you do listen to your gut. I think, like, in business, in health. And I think in the healthcare world, we have to be our own advocates. Right. Absolutely. And say, sure, maybe I hit all of these check boxes. I don't have family history. I'm a certain age. Or just not even in the breast category in a lot of different things but internally you know that like something's not right and that doesn't feel right to me and following and following up and I'm so proud so the breast education we have a team of the most amazing instructors who um, you know just teach and educate on breast health 101 and so we've got a team of healthcare providers breast cancer survivors a mental health expert and an MC so what makes me really proud is our healthcare providers are the biggest advocates for what you just said going with your gut making sure that you have a good solid relationship with your healthcare provider where you can say you know what this is not right I am not feeling good about whether it's a lump a mole a colonoscopy I don't know some other well not a colonoscopy but I'm just not feeling right about something a diagnosis of any kind yes and so Listen, can we double check something right. else? It, and it's just, I think it's been so awesome for our participants to get to hear from healthcare providers, almost like the permission giving, like, please be an advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Please go with your gut. They want to have conversations. They want to have relationships. I mean, I knew, I was like obsessed with my lump when I found it. Um, I had traveled like right after I found the lump and I'm, I'm telling you what, I'd be like at a happy hour and I'd be like, ee, ee, it's still there. It's still there. I mean, I was yeah. obsessed. Right. Because so you're I probably hoping that it's going away. It was, I, every it's morning, it's every this, morning it's I'd wake up and I'm like, is that still there? I mean, yeah. of course it was six months after my husband committed suicide. So literally that's another thing I will say. There is never 
a good time for breast cancer or breast cancer scare, or I'll just peel it back even more. Just finding a lump. You're yeah. never like, well, that worked out <laughs> yeah. really well. Perfect timing. Right? But yeah. you, you have to, it's, it's crazy how much I think us as individuals, as women, as people, as entrepreneurs, as parents and partners, how much strength we really do have when literally what you think could never happen. I could never thought that I would be a widow at the age of 36. I never thought that I would be diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 37. Yeah. And yet there can be good that comes from it and you have the strength to get through it. So Absolutely. I hope that's inspiring to somebody just going through the stuff going through life we've all gone through so many hard times with the pandemic and just all of the challenges and i just encourage listeners to you know you're stronger than you think and you can do it day by day day by day minute by minute (laughs) i mean exactly i was like you have to trudge through but right somehow you end up on the other side absolutely even when it feels impossible absolutely and you know i think it was my experience with suicide and being a widow Um, and Tyler committing suicide that really gave me an appreciation of what isolation can do and what isolation is you know I always say what killed Tyler was the feeling of isolation he obviously thought he was the only person going having these thoughts going through these mental struggles and so forth and that really became a foundation for what I did with the breast education and night out with the girls I want to decrease isolation between people and Mm -hmm. I think that you can do that by increasing the connection not over the stuff that's in the pamphlets we're talking the real the raw you know my breast feelings yeah and being able to talk to people and being able to see that other people have gone through exactly. it exactly have had those feelings exactly so, absolutely so that's really that. foundational to um the my my breast passion which sounds kind of funny yeah. but i am passionate about breasts and early breast cancer detection so i think it's amazing so when do you start breast cancer like detection you like 20s 30s 40s that is a great that is a great question and it's one of the things that I love about the breast education too because we give people opportunities to interact with our healthcare providers and our team of instructors and I would say each individual is different you know I first and foremost I am passionate about early breast cancer detection I am not a healthcare provider but I think right. that is a perfect example of a conversation to have with your healthcare provider I think it depends on a lot of factors so for example in my case um, I did not have family history, so I wasn't really on anybody's radar. I get diagnosed with breast cancer. Well, now I have two younger, so I have two younger sisters. So now because their older sister got diagnosed with breast cancer, they're under the age of 40, but they're already getting their mammograms and so forth. So some of it depends on the family history, mostly, you know, um, your own personal health and so forth. But I would say just as somebody who is pretty well-versed in breasts, is pay, there is never a time too early to start talking to women and men about early breast cancer detection. And I think Mm -hmm. it should be happening in high school and in college. I think people get diagnosed very, very young. So it doesn't hurt because that helps normalize it and make it, makes it kind of okay to start thinking about it. Because I think, one of the struggles that I had was 
in my head, I didn't need to worry about it until mm-hmm. I was 40 because I associated age 40 with a mammogram. a mammogram. Yes. And honestly, even after the age of 40, it's not just about mammography. That's kind of, that's one way, but kind of look at it as like one tool in your little toolbox of breast health awareness. For sure. Mammography. Really the biggest thing is breast self exams, looking, feeling, looking under your armpits, like just being aware of what your normal is Mm -hmm. and not getting so caught up on doing it perfectly. Like you will know your own normal if you just pay attention to the breasts consistently at least once a month. So my cancer didn't show up on mammography. It showed up. I felt it. So not all cancers are the same. It, it, right. You know, some cancers don't show up on mammograms. Some of, it takes an ultrasound. Sometimes it takes an MRI. And sometimes it's something that you've just felt. But, you know, that's where your breast buddy comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that I love, I mean, I've had breast for a very long time. <laughs> but I was like, I... Join the club. <laughs> yes. I was like, I didn't really know how... I mean, yes, you got the pamphlet at the doctor's office. Right. Like in your 20s or whatever. Right, the little shower card. Yes. But it's like, I don't really know how to do that or what I'm even feeling for. So then I think you kind of like toss it out and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, do I really need to do it? Probably not. Let's just move on. Move on. I'll get to it later. Yeah. I've got other obligations. And it was, we did a night out with the girls pre-pandemic. Uh-huh. And you guys do such an amazing job. But I remember they, like, you passed out the little... Yeah. And I was like, I've never gone this deep or like felt like it's so great to have like a hands-on being able to like figure out how to actually try to do it. It's so important. And you know, even um, one of the challenges, one one of the things that I love about how we've evolved as a company is that we do the in-person events, but then also the breast education, which is just a platform which allows you to learn from all of our instructors, like I said, breast cancer survivors, healthcare providers, mental health expert, and an MC. So you can sit there and they're going to instruct you and you can learn how to do a breast self-exam in the comfort of your own home whenever you want. You can Mm -hmm. be sitting out on your deck, you can be sitting by the pool, by the fire, it doesn't really matter. It's all about having access to that education and that information in a manner and a place that works for you as like a participant in the breast education and even virtually I so I so I do take a breast around with me I have um what what you're referring to is kind of the breast with the abnormalities and I mean I'll take it to happy hour with me I'll get the weights you know the awesome um servers and say hey we'll just talk about early breast cancer detection right there at happy hour because why not it's so important but virtually because you know being in the virtual world we really had to figure figure out a way to replicate that. I mean, obviously we can't ship a breast to everyone, right? right? But how could we replicate this so people could still have that tactical experience? And I'm really proud we created a a sensory experience with just things that you have around your house that, you know, we kind of take our participants through kind of closing your eyes and kind of picturing, you know, feel this and feel that. And it just, it helps people bring to life that kind of abstract shower card right Mm -hmm. that's a little flat I mean they're pretty and they're helpful but right for sure bring it to light yes (laughs) and I think we all learn a little differently I'm more of like a hands-on learner like 
so to look at a card i'm like yeah i'm not absolutely i don't read instructions i don't do any of those things yeah right exactly (laughs) and it and i do think that there is research out there that that shows some people just don't do a breast self-exam because they feel like they're gonna do it wrong and it's like they are approaching this as like somehow we're now healthcare providers and need to do this this thing no just feel your breasts yeah on a regular basis don't forget your armpits feel them look at them if you have kind of we go over some of the things that you know if you notice you may want to you should follow up with your mm-hmm. healthcare provider you know one thing that i've learned from our own program and our healthcare providers is like if you have something that's like a bug bite right you know that like is a little bump you would say gosh it was that lacy bra i was wearing the other day that's what it was right it, 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 there's some irritation but if right. it stays you probably should follow up with a healthcare provider because mm-hmm. it's not always as intense as like nipple discharge and the right. stuff sometimes it's just something doesn't seem right and mm-hmm. it's not going away and trusting that gut and trusting the gut mm-hmm. the gut is the best that's really what should be on those pamphlets <laughs> right? trust your yes. gut yes. <laughs> well and let's bring in something that you talked about it's not just women right that need to be concerned with absolutely. early detection or breast cancer absolutely so talk a little bit about that well like whole avenue and how you kind of change night out with the girls to kind of have that breast education for the men out there too. Absolutely. You know, night out with the girls, like all businesses and Lindsay, you know this, you evolve. When I think back to it, it was started in my family room. So we literally like got together and talked about breast education, which is really exciting. Part of that evolution along with offering um, more ways and opportunities for people to learn about early breast cancer detection is to recognize, wait a second, everyone has breast tissue. Mm -hmm. Like this this isn't just a female thing. Yes, statistically, women get it more than men. I think it's like about one out of every thousand men. Um, Here in Colorado, one out of every seven women get diagnosed with breast cancer. Nationally, I believe it's one out of every eight women. But it really, this is a conversation that needs to happen and awareness that needs to happen with everyone. Again, Mm -hmm. no matter male, female, how you identify, what your past has been. And not only for just for guys to be aware for their partners, their daughters, and themselves, right? It's, it's again, to create a normal conversation. You know, I have, I have um, guys who, who want to be supportive, right? Also of yeah. their partners and their daughters and so forth. And, you know, being an accountability partner, did you, are you getting your mammogram appointments? Are you um, following up? I've noticed something strange. I mean, there's a lot of stories of when a guy has noticed something strange on his partner, and that's how they determine there was breast cancer. But really recognizing what we are teaching and what we are sharing, yes, it is focused on breasts. Everybody has breast tissue. Mm -hmm. And it really could be used. The concepts like paying attention to your body, going with your gut, taking action. If you don't want to make a doctor's appointment, but know you should, what are some steps that you can mindfully get there, waiting for results? Those are topics that can really be applied to any health situation. Mm -hmm. So yes, 
I love the breast space. I'm familiar with the breast space. The breast space is important, but fill in the blank. Maybe you're overdue for your colonoscopy. I mean, right. let's just be real. There, People freak out about mm-hmm. the idea of a colonoscopy. I am so confident that the, the things that people learn from the, our breast education program can be applied to any sort of health screening. Absolutely. And we want people. It's not just a passive, oh, just watch videos and just just absorb it that way. We have conversation starters, downloadable exercises. Like we exercises, we want people to talk and connect about breast cancer, early detection, taking care of your body physically and mentally. It all works together. Mm-hmm. Talking about kind of the evolution of business. <laughs> <laughs> the evolution of business. That sounds so like beautiful and like you're like, ah! But it's really not. It's really a nightmare to do. Um, so you did start the breast education uh-huh. kind of section uh-huh. outside of the event and outside of the living room. Right, outside of the living about room. Talking about it. But also corporate wellness is something that you added in and something that we were talking about beforehand right. was having a mental health expert yes. as part of the panel, which yes. I think is amazing. So yes. tell us a little bit about these different categories or what breast education, that subscription, how what it kind of looks like. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's always been my goal to educate as many people as humanly possible, like everyone in the entire world. I have big big goals apparently about early breast cancer detection. So that was that was always my focus and I kind of as I mentioned before, I knew I loved the in-person events. I think they're very special mm-hmm. and what would happen is people we would do an in-person event with our team of instructors and people would say, "Oh my gosh, I needed to attend this. I have something that I'm nervous about. A meeting came up, an obligation with my child, whatever. Something came up and they could not attend that event set for that day and time. Yeah. And I just was like, oh my goodness, my job is to look for the barriers that are preventing people from taking action with regard to their breasts and break those barriers down. And I realized, talk about entrepreneur evolution. Oh my God, I created a barrier. Yeah. Like it literally created a barrier <laughs> oh, called time and date, right? Yeah. And knowing that people are so incredibly busy. So that is kind of what helped me to evolve into the online platform, a subscription base that is accessible again 24 seven and features the videos of our healthcare providers, our breast cancer survivors, our mental health expert and MC to kind of guide you through everything. So then people have the freedom to learn when it works for them. And that was a huge, huge, pivotal moment I think in in my in my evolution of my business because I I the last thing I want to do is it, it literally tore me up when people would reach out to us and say I needed this mm-hmm. and I couldn't get there yeah is there an option for me and I, I'm like oh I mean talk about the weight of your on the on your shoulders the weight of the world on your shoulders and I thought we've got to create an option that meets the need of people and how we're operating today, meets their needs right where they are. Mm -hmm. We already know that so many people are busy pouring into others in their lives, right? They've got responsibilities, families, businesses, work, all these obligations, and it makes it so simple for breast health to go to the bottom of the list 100%. until it's forced yeah. to be at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. I want it to be at the top of the list 
all the time. Mm -hmm. So then it doesn't dominate one's life, right? Like hopefully you can detect it early, take care of business and go on with your other obligations. Mm -hmm. So really that's, that's kind of the exciting thing about the breast education. I also, you know, having a lot of experience in executive leadership and um, management and I, you know, teams and so forth, it, it occurred to me that, you know, and it's so exciting, one of the benefits of COVID, and I say that lightly and, and, and with respect of there are a lot of really hardships with COVID, but I do feel like organizations um, and employers have really gotten a great understanding of the importance of the importance of employee wellness mm-hmm. and so i thought again going back to my goal what if we could just reach as many people as possible and we are finding that um, employers love the breast education they love offering it to their employees um, it not only is a way for leadership to demonstrate hey you know we value you as a person your health your physical health your mental health we value you beyond what you're producing for us. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna show that, and we're gonna help you take action by offering this this program, the breast education, to you. And I I mean, there are so many companies that I, I feel like, honestly, they want they want to support breast cancer awareness. They want to be part of it. They want to be kind of on that trend. It's October. What are we doing? Right. And I encourage anybody who is a business owner, a leader in an organization, in human resources, has the ability to bring the breast education on, to really look at it differently and figure out a way to help your employees take action. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're different. Again, we elevate the awareness into action so it's kind of a win-win for for everyone involved i would say from my my perspective it helps me get to the masses and educate the masses on early detection from the um, employee perspective they feel a hundred percent i think our surveys say a hundred percent they feel more valued by their employers when their employers bring on the breast education that helps with retention it could help with recruitment but most importantly from a leadership perspective it also gives you it gives leaders a way to show that they value employees and from an insurance perspective, from a time off perspective, mm-hmm. it is going to be much more advantageous financially for an employer's employees to detect breast cancer early versus late. Because the earlier they detect it, it's, it's just going to cost the company and the insurance a lot less. Now, I hate to bring bottom line money, business conversation into the idea of breast health awareness. But quite frankly, if it's going to get employers and leadership to pay attention and listen and maybe think differently about offering an employee wellness opportunity to their to, to their workforce, then I'm going to go there because right. it's true. It is win, win, win. So that's a little bit about the evolution. Um, and you had asked about the mental health the mental health component. Listen, I had shared the story about Tyler and suicide, the idea of isolation, and ultimately, I really feel like the mental and the physical are connected, and we don't always behave like that, yeah. right? They, it seems to be like separate. Like, yeah. there's mental health, and then there's physical health. Well, it's together. 100%. And if I am not, I'll use myself, if I am not taking action 
on something that I don't want to do physically that likely is going to be tied to something that's going on in my mind. So it was really important for me to incorporate the mental health, the mindfulness side of taking action on your physical health. Mm -hmm. It's been, it's been awesome. And like I said, really what, what you learn through the breast education, and this is the mental health component as well, you can apply to other things that are going on in your lives. Absolutely. These are tools and tips and tricks that aren't just about breasts. It's about living, mm-hmm. living in a way that is peaceful, encouraging, inspiring, even when you're facing the hard things. I love that because I think like we were talking about, there's a fear factor of one, what happens if I find something right Two, If you do find something, then waiting for results from the doctor then maybe having to have that conversation of I have breast cancer and this is what my future looks Abs- like right now and this is my treatment. Absolutely. We want to also, you bring up a good point, you know, kind of this is what my future looks like, this is my treatment, and how can the people who love you the most support you through that? Yes. And that's another thing that we we tackle because it's not just about the person diagnosed. I mean, it's also, I think back, oh my gosh, my family holy smokes, did I give them a run from the, for their money? <laughs> like, you know, in a period of six months, it's like my husband commits suicide, I'm an unexpected widow, and then I get diagnosed with breast it's cancer. definitely I when mean, it rains, it pours. Right, it rains, it pours. <laughs> and I know that whether, you know, you're, people are fighting breast cancer or widowhood or any other traumatic event, that, the, that it has a huge ripple effect and a huge impact on those caregivers, the family members, the partners, and so forth and the friends so that can't be neglected as well right and I think that you have to have those big conversations say that you do have treatment that you have to go through how are you taking time off of work how are you talking to your employer how are you talking to your friends and finding a caregiver if you don't have a partner in your life like how do you talk to your partner about what you need from them and how to get through the series of treatments. Well, even to this day, so I believe, I think I should, I'm really bad with dates. Um, I think I've, I've been a survivor for six years, but you know, I have an annual MRI and each year I think, oh, this is going to get easier. Like I'm going to be fine. And every time that MRI appointment comes around, like beware, because I am freaking out. I'm nervous, just like somebody, anybody else would be. And I've had to really explain to my partner who wasn't part of my breast cancer journey, like, this this is still super real for mm-hmm. me and like there is a point that you're like oh my gosh is this going to be the time yeah. that it is comes it back? back yes yes so it's it's a it's a journey for sure yeah absolutely i love that you're incorporating all of cuz i think mental health is just oh such gosh. a huge connection to our like well-being living our best lives being able to kind of go through those emotions and being like identifying them. Right. This is fear. I'm just fearful. Yeah. And it's it, okay. Yeah. And, and the, you're not alone in it. I do think, you know, there's this perspective, the, some people have this perspective that, especially with every health screening and so forth, like everybody is right on it. Like they schedule it, they make the appointment, you know, they go there. It, it's just this kind of regiment. And I think more often than not, again, the busier that we get, especially when it's not in front of you, you don't have a family history, you've never experienced something kind of scary in the health world. It's so easy to put it off. Yeah. And I want to, 
you know, with the breast education, that's what we really want to focus on is that kind of real and raw. Like we're going to get down to it and there's no question that we won't answer and we're going to talk about all the things that you just think nobody else is thinking about. But my job is to show you and to show our participants that, yeah, you're not alone. You are not alone. Others have been thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. And when you see that connection happen, you literally see, it's like, you see the fear melt yeah. away. Yeah. And and you had kind of mentioned treatments and so forth. That's that's another thing, you know. Um, really, we have the most diverse team of people who have had breast cancer and survived breast cancer. Um, they've all had so many different journeys, and it's just really fascinating to hear more from them, mm -hmm. right? Like what, you know, one experience is always going to be very different than another experience. You know, yeah. I thought, I mean, you can, you can appreciate this. When I was diagnosed, I immediately thought I was going to have a mastectomy and I was going to do chemo. Yeah. So I, I don't know what this says about me. If I'm vain, whatever. I it, just go with me. I, I literally was like, okay, I'm having a good hair day today. I'm going to take some selfies because this is what I would want my wig to look like. Yeah. I just assumed if you're diagnosed with breast cancer, this is how it goes. That's the path. There are a lot of paths. There's yes. a lot of different types of breast cancer. There are a lot of different paths. There's a lot going on to it, but it's just so funny how our mind will go to, you know, the absolute, I don't even want to say the worst because there are women who have had mastectomies and have had chemo and they are living their best lives mm -hmm. and they are, they are thriving and they've survived and they found the grit and the, you know, the dedication to just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I think we do go to worst case scenario, oh, yeah. whatever it might be in your world. Right. And kind of getting through that. But I love that you're breaking those barriers because I think the more that we talk about things, it does become less scary. Yes. Yes. It's like, oh, I'm not doing that either. Well. Like, let's do it together. Let's hold each other accountable. Like, yeah. Kind of breaking down those barriers and not just breast health and everything. Anything. And then celebrating when we're actually doing what we need to do. Mm -hmm. Like, you need an excuse to celebrate. I went for my I mammogram appointment, right? <laughs> I need the appointment. I, you know, whatever. Like, I think that just talking about it, it's been, I love getting texts from people saying, um, you know, I made my appointment. I'm scared to make my appointment. My appointment didn't go so well. I'm going to, you know, I want the outcome to always be positive, but I'm always so proud of people who are, um, you know, who are, who are taking, taking the action that is needed. Absolutely. So how do you think for you personally, being mm -hmm. a survivor, how do you kind of having that life-changing moment of kind of facing, I think one of the things that all of us don't think about is like the mortality that we have. Right. And I think whenever you have any kind of diagnosis right. or anything major life-changing in your life, how do you kind of process that? Or did you have any steps or anything that kind of got you through going through that journey and being able to appreciate it now as a survivor and remind yourself every day not to get in that mundane hustle or mm -hmm. like not having the gratitude or like for all of the little things that we do. Absolutely. You know, that is such a good question. I think I kind of got a crash course in um, different perspective with regard to mortality mm -hmm. because with Tyler's death and then my diagnosis right so, so soon after that. Um, Gosh, you know, I really, 
that that moment it, I mean it is still so very hard for me to go back to that space that year in my life and you know quite a few years later I still struggle with it um, but there are some major benefits that came from it and I would say kind of what you're describing one of the biggest benefits is I remember you know, surviving Tyler's suicide, you know, getting good prognosis with the breast cancer detection. And I remember thinking, there is, first of all, nothing that I can't do. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that I can't survive. I The world is at my fingertips. I should have zero fear. And really just kind of wishing I could bottle up that feeling because years down the road, it is easy to get fearful and like, you know, whether it's your business or life or work or family, get fearful and concerned and agitated and looking to the future and planning. And I think one of the the biggest things that I learned was, you know, stay in the moment. Tomorrow isn't a given. I still struggle with that on a daily basis, but I... What I liked about going back to that place of of such lowness and sadness is that it also was a place and a source of, I can do all things. It is gonna work out for good. I am going to be okay. There is nothing that I need to be afraid of yep. because I know that I've got the strength and my faith to be able to to survive and thrive in any situation. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think I, that may be not very articulate, but no, it's I just, think it was amazing. Just trying <laughs> to like remember yeah. that, you know, we're here for a purpose. And if we can be open to the idea of our hardest things being used for good and um, just figuring out a way to use our hard experiences to serve other people. And and that doesn't have to be, you know, go out and start a business and be crazy like right. me. <laughs> it could just be like walk alongside of people mm-hmm. during their hard times because you know that you've been through hard times and hopefully you can be a light for them. Um, and just, we're, I kind of say this again, we're strong people. Yeah. I mean, I remember waking up every day for a period of my life and um, right during all this chaos, right? And I'd wake up and I'd think, oh my God, that was the worst nightmare I've ever had. And then I realized that nightmare was my life. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then I, then one day I just sort of shifted. Like I am here I get to be here Mm -hmm. and I am going to make the best of every moment, every interaction, and really do my part to kind of stubbornly prove to people that good can come from hard things and you can evolve and you can grow and, you know, life's just going to be messy. I'd like to think that after being a widow, suicide, breast cancer, like, I don't know, God's like, okay, all's good with you right Right. now. You checked all of the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Now you get rainbows and sunshine. just relax, right? Yes. And that's, that is um, not life. I was like, unfortunately, it's not reality. It just isn't. Yeah. you know, one of my biggest fears was always the waiting for results. Kind of, you mentioned that, right? Mm-hmm. I think, I'm guessing a, a big reason why people have a hard time getting um, health health tests and screenings done is because they're afraid of the waiting, the waiting for results. Yeah. And I, I will tell you what, I was right there. And I had just come off the heels of waiting for 
my husband because he was missing for 24 hours mm-hmm. before we figured out what had happened. Like, so the idea of waiting is really hard for yeah. me. And I knew um, when I got diagnosed with breast cancer, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to survive the waiting? Mm-hmm. But and the unknown. And the unknown. I yeah. cannot do this again. But then something miraculous happened that with every test, I was like ready for, I was ready for the test and I was okay with the waiting Mm -hmm. because my perspective changed, my heart changed and the sense that the more tests I got, screenings, yes, I'd have to wait, but that was going to give me more information and more data to make an informed decision on how I was going to beat this thing. And all of a sudden that waiting turned into what was a place of fear and concern and, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do it, to bring it, you know, bring it. It gave me grit, a fight, like, I want to know it all. Mm -hmm. Give me the genetic testing, give it it all to me because I am going to not be a victim to this. I am going to overcome it. And I think it's so great to look at it as this is information for my health and what my journey looks like instead of looking at it as a fearful thing. Like this test is giving me more information on what I can do to move forward. Exactly. Instead of putting your head in the sand, Mm -hmm. you know, that comes up a lot with there's, you know, there's a blessing and a curse, I think to medical science, right? Whether it's breast cancer or genetics and, you know, it's crazy what they can figure out. And I think there is the perspective of like, I'd rather just not know and I'd rather live life. And there's also a perspective of tell me now so I can be well equipped to fight this thing. And that was this, that's right. That's the approach that I took, and I took it with joy mm-hmm. and readiness. Um, but it was miraculous because I would have just said, you know, early on, I'm like, I literally think my head's gonna explode. Like, I literally cannot handle one more thing. But then, you know, I have a lot of faith, and yeah. I think that just played a big role in it. And miraculously, I woke up one day and I was at peace. And I think looking back and saying like, oh, wow, that was a nightmare. Like how much strength it comes from and how strong you are. And like you said, we're all strong people. Mm -hmm. And you kind of get through it and you're at the end of the tunnel and you're like, I don't know how the hell I did that, (laughs) but I did it. And like, look at that from like a strength point of view that you are so strong and that you can keep moving forward in life and be in a different place and find your peace. So I think it's, you know, how to do that. You'd ask, maybe just even stopping. All of us have gone through stuff. Everyone mm-hmm. has gone through stuff. And no one's stuff is harder than others. It just is stuff that has been hard for us. And literally, like, go back and reflect on it. That would be my tip. Tip for myself. Yeah. Right? Go back, reflect on it. Sit in it. Silence everything. Be still. And go back to that place of, I didn't think I could make it. And now look where I am. And that's, like I said, that's just about, I'm not preaching to anyone. That's as much a reminder for me (laughs) as anybody else. I agree. Because I think we always are like, live in the present, live in the present, be in the present moment. But I think there is great power from going back and reflecting and saying like, and sitting in your shit. Right. I'm always like, some nobody wants to sit in their no, shit. No. And like see things that they've done wrong or traumas that they've had or right. have gone through. But there is a certain power of being like, wow, and now I'm here. <laughs> and now I'm here. And then you're like, bring it. You know, you know, you think I get caught up. If you think about what like gets you riled up these, you know, in life. And then you think, oh my gosh, when you think about those things that you need to sit in, those past traumas, pains, hurts, you're like this is no big deal. Yeah. It lets you 
really like let those smaller right. things fall off. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Big picture. Big picture. What do you kind of do for, I'm like, survivor? You're starting <laughs> businesses and like other divisions of businesses and having all of these like big dreams and hopes for yes. the like future and like all of the other future business endeavors that you have going on. How do you find work-life balance? How do you find like time for self-care and what do you do for self-care? You know what? Here's the thing. That's a great question. I, I work and I work hard. And I play, I have a lot of fun, and I sleep. I know, I I am a napper. I know that's not like mind blowing, but I just make sure to listen to my body. There are times where I am in the zone. I mean, I am like like going, 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 Mm -hmm. going, going. And then there are times that I just need to sleep. I need to really take care of myself, Um, you know, read, get eight hours of sleep, Um, actually just stop and enjoy. We live living in Colorado. You know, there's so many beautiful outdoor activities. You know, I I tend to want to do things like paddle boarding and hiking and biking just to be out and get the fresh air. I don't look at that as like a competitive thing that I need to like, okay, I need to do 15, 14 hours or (laughs) anything. It's like, I just want to be outside. Um, I I just think um, kind of back to the breast education and early breast cancer detection and physical and mental health, right? Really listening to your body and kind of doing a self-assessment. And I learned that right after Tyler died of saying, waking up in the morning, um, really spending time in prayer and meditation and recognizing I can have a plan for the day and embracing the fact when those plans don't work out because there's probably a reason. But saying, you know, how do I feel emotionally? How do I feel mentally? How do I feel physically? And adjusting my day accordingly. Mm-hmm. I think surrounding yourself too with the right people, um, the right group who is going to understand and um, not question and be supportive of, hey, I know we have happy hour scheduled and I just can't do it. Or I know we want to have a long conversation on the phone and I can't do it. because I. And, and surrounding yep. yourself with people who who respect that. I think that's huge. But, you know, I just, I think life is short. I've gotten a really great, um, hard uh, experience with that and really like living it up, (laughs) you know? So I do, I I think help, you know, sleep. I love Pilates. I love moving. I love paddle boarding and hiking and just also taking time like especially again when you're outside and you're doing a physical activity sometimes or an activity like meditation it can be a checklist thing like I just need to do this I just need yeah we're gonna go on a hike we're gonna go on a hike but really stopping and this sounds so and smell the flowers but no like stopping and just paying attention to the beauty and the details around you breathing in the air tuning into all of your senses and just really expressing gratitude in a way that, um, you know, for me, that looks like, you know, hopefully serving other people. But I I think working 24 seven, that is never in the cards for me. I'm never going to be like, go nap. I don't know. Nap. I think that's like the best. I think (laughs) napping is really important. Let your body and your mind and your heart and your soul restore itself. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a gift that's given to us. And I think we're kind of moving away from that feeling of like, I'm going to work 24 hours a day. Go, go, go. Because at the end of the day, when you're doing your calling, when you're doing your passion, things are going to work out at the time that they should be working out Mm -hmm. and in the way that they should be working out. And there's so much good that has come out of me having zero control 
Oh yeah, the control. I always say I'm recovering control freak. Yeah, I mean, I think so, I say this on every episode now lately, right? I mean, we all keep talking about control, and yeah. it's being able to like let that go because we go. really don't have control over yeah. and I str- anything. And listen, I struggle too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you can ask my team. I'll be like, I should have been work. I never, I never feel like I'm working hard enough. Yeah, and. I know that there's beauty and truth in what I just shared. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a battle. It's a battle because you just feel like if it's in my control, I'm going to control it all. If I'm late on something, or you know, I have a goal or a meeting or something to organize, and I don't get to it, I would say just about a hundred percent of the time, it's not meant to happen at that moment. Yeah. And usually, I'm like, thank God I was behind. Thank God I didn't get that to on my list because it would have looked different and not mm-hmm. in the right time. Mm-hmm. I think. That's so, such amazing, like, life and business <laughs> piece of advice is that, like, you can't control. You can say all day, every day, this is the way my day is going to go, and this is, and it always kind of falls apart at the seams yeah. in some way, shape, or form. So being able to take time and be like, I'm going to sit on the sofa and, like, watch Real Housewives I, and, I like, guess. not feel guilty about it. Take time and talk to the people who you're interacting with on a daily basis. You know, really just... I'm really trying to just engage with everyone I'm interacting with in all settings and really pay attention, not wisp through because I've got to, you know, complete my tasks for the day, but really stop and be, connect, you know, give eye contact. How are you? Mm -hmm. Listen, just those little things, I think also really in a weird way help with self-care. I love that. So tell everybody where they can find you everywhere you can find me everywhere so obviously the breasteducation.com that's the best place um instagram linkedin facebook um so the breasteducation.com or nightoutwiththegirls.com either one is going to get you to the right space and we really we would love to hear from people and engage with them and their own breast journeys and for um people who are employers and leadership and looking to do something great for their organizations we really encourage you to take action to help your teams take action So just reach out. We're easy to get in touch with. I love it. So really the, you know, I always say one one thing that I want to share, you know, for those of you who may be kind of paying attention haphazardly here, maybe you're on the treadmill, you're taking a walk. I always just want to say like, this is the point. If you've ignored everything I've said up until now, truly, please listen to me when I say, if you have noticed anything, breast or otherwise, that does not seem right with your body, physically, mentally, you know, your gut is going, something is not right. Please commit to me, yourself, your friends, your family, all the people who love you so much that you are actually going to take action. You're going to call that healthcare provider. You're going to take those hard steps. You're going to keep that appointment and get answers for yourself. I, I, you know, sometimes I think people who are listening there, that may be the reason that they're listening beyond all the other gobbledygook that I shared, like take the action, you can do it. And if you need a breast buddy or somebody to give you love nudges or just hold your hand through it, please reach out to us. Yes. You can reach out to us too. Yes. Yes. Get out there and do it. Yes. Get out there. Take action. You will feel better. And that's the best way to go. Get the answers. Get the answers. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You were so amazing. Thank you for sharing all of the information with us. Absolutely. Anytime. I love to talk about breasts and early detection. And happy Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I know, right? It's a lot of months. We've got, I think, Suicide Awareness Month in September, breast cancer. I'm like, there's a lot. But we want to talk about 
all the time. All the time. So thanks for giving me this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Lindsay Wilson, and you've been listening to Business of Glam. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe, review, and download this podcast. If you're ever in the Denver area, be sure to come by and see us at Glamour Bar. Until then, stay glam.